War Report family, it's your boy Mike G here with my man Ike Jones. We got another special guest for you guys today. On the line, we got Jarris McIntyre, former Auburn wide receiver from 2000 to 2003. Sixth round draft selection by the Kansas City Chiefs. Jarris, thank you for joining us today, man. What's going on? Not too much, man. How y'all doing over there? Uh, not bad. Not bad. Lots of things going on in and around the Auburn program. And as a former receiver, we we wanted you to come on today and, and help us kind of educate our listeners on what it's like for a receiver playing in one system and then going to another system. Uh, you had an interesting career at Auburn. Uh, and in my opinion, probably one of the most underrated receivers we actually had. Uh, so I, one of my favorite Auburn moments as a camera guy was uh, we were on the road at Vanderbilt, third game of the season, and we had not scored a touchdown yet two games into the year. And you actually scored our first touchdown of the season. Tuberville gave a very rousing you know, speech going into that one because we were kind of stagnant offensively and you caught the ball, bounced off like three defenders, and then broke it out to the end zone. <laughs> one of my favorite Auburn moments ever. Um, so... You know, can you uh, can you talk about a little bit uh, to us about what it was like being on that team? Because you played with some notable guys, man. Carlos Dansby, Dontarius Thomas, Carlos Rogers. You know, what was your fondest memory playing at Auburn that senior season? That probably that moment that you said, I mean, uh, it, it helped propel myself that season, you know, becoming a leader, becoming a, uh, you know, playmaker on that football team. And I just feel like that moment. It, it, you know, kind of helped us through the season and uh, just making plays. It, it was it was a great game. It was kind of going back and forth. We had scored in two games and I was like, man, some some got to shake. Some got to happen. And and I was able to make a play. Jay Camp threw a great ball, made a play. And, and that was probably one of the one of my main memories at, at Auburn, scoring that touchdown, breaking that tackle. Um, and we went on a roll after that for the most part. And, um Lost another game here or there, but but we kind of went on a roll. And I honestly feel like that season helped propel the, that 2014 to to some some big things because we had a lot of juniors, like you said, Ronnie Brown, Cadillac, Jason Campbell, Carlos Rogers. They were some juniors on that team that uh, had an opportunity to go to the NFL, but they decided to come back right. and um, and propel themselves to an undefeated year in 2004. But uh, I think that old three season with the with the ups and downs and the and the uh, Expectations that we had going in is, is maybe being able to win a national title and not scoring the first two games an offensive touchdown and then myself being able to make a play, uh, break off a couple tackles and score was really, really a fond memory that I have uh, as an Auburn Tiger, especially in that season. Well, I can't let you get out of here before I ask you about the 2003 Iron Bowl. Yeah. Now, you experienced something that not a lot of current Auburn players can say they experienced in that you went into Bryant-Denny and beat Alabama on the road right so if you remember if I remember correctly Ronnie and Cadillac got hurt going into that game so we were down to our third string running back Trey Smith uh can you talk about what it's like to go into Bryant Denny and beat Alabama I mean it, it was it was we were underdogs nobody really gave us a chance lack of Ronnie weren't playing uh we had to put in some different things throughout the week some empty sets with coach Petrino uh, was an office coordinator then, if I'm not mistaken, and we just had to put in some empty steps, but in empty sets. But I think we really, really played with heart that night or that day. Um, guys made plays, guys were unselfish, and it was really, really 
another fun moment in, 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 in my Auburn career, just being able to go on the road. And I want to say that may have started our streak into winning, I think, five or six or seven or whatever it was in a row with Coach Tupper, with Coach Tupperville. But I think that, oh, that season that you're saying started that off. And we had some good senior leadership from Javaris Robinson and guys like that. And Mark Brown, that we, we had a strong defense. Jay Cam was a young quarterback. And, 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 and that defense really, really helped us that season. But, but it, it's really um, a great memory. And like I said, nowadays, you know, it's, it's, it's been a little tough when, when we've been in Brian Denny Stadium. But like I tell these guys that I'm coaching now, I want to hear all that Bama stuff. I mean, when I, when I went, when we played Bama, we we, we beat them up, you know. Yeah. And, and, and we went to Bama, we beat them up. They came to us, we beat them up. And yeah, it's a little different now. But but when when I look at Bama and I and I think about my career against Bama, it was, it was for the most part, victories at home and there. So... Um, hopefully we can get back to that. Yeah. Um, and, and we have beat them a little. You know, we did. Gus beat them sometimes at home or whatnot. And he's beat them uh, when they had Cam there. But but I just feel like getting back to what we had and what we could do and what Auburn can do. Um, I, I, I hope to see that sometime soon. Yeah, for sure. Um, talk to me a little bit um, about uh, you talked a little bit about like uh, the game and how, you know, Jay Cam threw you a good ball and all that kind of stuff. I want to talk a little bit about like the chemistry that you have to build, uh, specifically wide receiver and quarterback. Like what what is it like to build that chemistry? Uh, you had a couple of different quarterbacks in your time. So like how did you develop the chemistry necessary and how does that translate to how well you're able to uh, produce that on, uh, on the field? Yeah, I think a lot of that is trust. Starts with starts with practice, um, the timing, being able to know that quarterback is going to trust you, and I think a lot of times that comes with with, with it, being able to have that quarterback to trust where that receiver is going to be. So a lot of that is just repetition at practice, that quarterback being comfortable with the receiver, the receiver running the right route at the right depth, um, and, and being consistent in catching the football. So so I, I mean I think the biggest part of that is practice. Yeah, a lot of kids don't want to hear it and. And, and things like that. But in the offseason, get with your quarterbacks. Uh, receivers, get your quarterbacks. Quarterbacks, get with your receivers. Run your routes. Run your timing routes. Run your non-timing routes, your play-action posts, your comebacks, your quick game, and the slants and the hitches and things like that, just so that you guys are all on the same page. And on Saturdays, it's, it's you know, second nature when it comes to you. Wow. And, and how, how much of that was, um, you know, directed by a coach and how much of that was just you guys deciding hey we need to get out here and develop this like how much was you all just taking I, I, that I really think the great ones are the ones that end up doing it really really well they take it amongst themselves because there's only so much the coaches can do you only have so many hours through the week but when it's those hot summer days and, and you know you're tired of running them 110s and those, those 300 yard shuttles but you stay after to run routes on air do one-on-ones against receivers I feel like it's more so within more so at the end and like with you know somebody like Jason um, wasn't a, that rah-rah guy but he was going to be out there on the field throwing the ball and we would stay out there get the reps get the reps so you know come Saturdays we're, our timing was there we were, being, we were able to make the play need be Wow you know um, in, in line with that uh, uh, with that question I want to ask you a little bit about how system plays into this right so um, you played for three different coordinators I think in three years or four <laughs> years you know, uh, yeah. you know, Petrino came in. You guys had a guy before that, and then there was the Nalls Minger thing that we did in 2003, yeah. right? So, yeah. um, 
you you mentioned during the Iron Bowl that you guys put in some empty sets and did some things differently. And one of the things that fans have been really focused on uh, is that former wide receivers are saying that the system that we have been running doesn't really prepare guys for the next level. Right. Mm-hmm. You get to the league and the route trees aren't really complicated. Can you talk a little bit about what it's going to be like for a kid going from something that's kind of hurry up, no huddle to something with more pro style concepts and what the receiver's responsibilities are in a pro style system? Yeah, I, I yeah, I think that. And I saw some comments about that over the years with with the Auburn receivers. And it, it kind of depends on which receiver you were. Um, looking at, like, say, Ricardo Lewis, because I know he came out with some of those comments back in the day. Right, right. I think he might have been that guy that they used just to go deep. You know, so, but then you look at, say, Duke Williams or who else in the, was in the system? This Sam, is Duke Sammy Williams. Coates. Sammy, Sammy, Coates. Yeah, Sammy Coates. Or, or like or, receivers right now, like a Seth. Or, yeah, or receiver right now, like Seth. Depending on where you were, where you're lined up, will depend on what types of routes you're running. So if Ricardo Lewis or Darius Slayton were just running deep balls, they may feel like, hey, when it's time for me to run a comeback or a curl, I haven't really run that. Right. So right. when I get to the next level, that may be something different for me. But I, I'm not really buying into that because I think I think as a receiver, at any level, you start running hitches, curls, comebacks, digs, almost in middle school these days. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So to say, oh, I won't be ready for the league. Well, if you know you want to play at the next level, mm. in my opinion, if, if Coach Malzahn or whomever, whatever offense you're in has you running that deep post, let's just say I'm going to take it amongst myself to learn how to run a curl or a comeback or a slant that we don't run a lot of. Um, and then when it's time, then you'll know how to run that route. But I, on the flip side, I kind of do understand because you may not be getting your game time reps running those routes that, that they run in the NFL mm-hmm. and, you, and you think it may be hindering you but I feel like if you get those extra reps on your own then when it's time to run those at the combine or at a pro day um, you'll be alright and, and I, and I, and I want to just say like it's almost where you're playing in the offense because I have seen say like Seth Williams run digs I've seen him run a couple slants you know I've seen him run the deep ball but to me it looked like with say Slayton he was running post and goes Ricardo Lewis, he was running post and goes. So for those guys, it may have been a different because they may have been the X or the nine or whatnot in the offense, and they're not running the different routes like say that Eli Stove ran or uh, or Schwartz had ran. So I think it comes, you know, it's, it's a little different when you, when you kind of looking at it from that perspective. Mm. Well, you had one guy that um, particularly you coached on the high school level that I was really excited about, and his career at Auburn didn't pan out. You had Nate Craig Myers. Um, and coming out of high school, at one point, as a junior, I think he was the number one overall recruit at some point. I think he suffered an injury, and some of the recruiting services kind of downgraded him. But I was really excited to see him coming out of high school because I felt like this guy has all the physical gifts and the speed and the hands. And it seemed like he was a little underutilized in the system that we were running at the time. As a high school coach, how much of the systems that you run in high school how much does that weigh into how they how they it translates at the college level, right? If you've got a guy and um, he's running a certain system in high school, you know, does is it do certain systems help prepare them better for the college level than others? 
Thank you for listening to the War Report podcast. You can find more of our content on YouTube. Please go over there, click like and subscribe and hit that notification bell so you can get notified when we're dropping more content for you. We are The War Report on Twitter and Instagram, TW Report on TikTok. Now let's get back to more of the podcast. Yeah, I think so. It's kind of, kind of depending because if you say you you have a kid who's uh, in a run-heavy offense and doesn't really run the route tree at all, similar to kind of what we just said uh, with, with Auburn receivers or whatnot, then, you know, once you get to the next level and you get a guy in your face that's pressing or they're asking you to run this route that you never ran in high school, it can be a little different. And I think that's why they have redshirt years and they give right. you four years right. of eligibility just so you, and not not because I'm not to say the academics, but just saying you get those years of eligibility to give you time to develop and kind of get an understanding of what they want you to do that you didn't do in high school. Right. So I, de- right. I definitely think, um, and like we just said from the college to the pros, it, it's the same thing. I think if you know where you're going and you know what they do, then you maybe you work on that so that when you get there, um, the learning curve is not as steep. But I, it definitely... I've seen guys in the wing T offense in high school that were receivers and, and athletes go to college and they're lost because they've never really run a route. They've just been running go routes and they're bigger and more athletic than most of the guys that are playing. So that comes into effect a lot of times for high school kids. Yeah, and I think that dovetails right. Um, Mike was just uh, kind of queuing it up about um, development, right? Like um, how important is it for those guys or, or what's kind of the process of getting that developmental work on, you know, making sure you got your foot, your, your, your steps right, right? Like, uh, you know, figuring out how to get your breaks off the line or figuring out mm-hmm. how to come out of your break at the top of a route. Like, how do guys, how, how did you, you know, make that transition to figuring that out when it came from going from high school to college and then from college to the pros? Because it's going to be different at every level because the athletes are better. Right. And they're, they're going to you're going to have to figure out different ways to, you know, to stem that route or whatever it is. You know, what, what are the processes for getting that development done personally? And then how much does the program factor into developing that guy? Yeah, well, me personally, when I was in school, we had a great coach in Greg Knox. Yeah. He's now the, uh, the running back coach of Florida. So he's been in the SEC to 25, 30 years almost. So he was a really, really good coach when it came to details, attention to detail, depth getting off the ball, releases, getting vertical off of your release, playing physical. Um, and if you can ask any of the guys that I played with, they will probably all say the same thing, that he was a really, really good coach to where you weren't going to be soft. You were going to be on time. You were going to know what you're doing. You're going to you're gonna understand the concepts of what we're trying to do. So um, for me personally, I feel like I was fast. I was big. But he just helped me with all the small things that you needed to develop um, as a receiver. So I think a lot of it is, yeah, you have a skill set when you come in, but being coached to, to, you know, with the particulars to be able to, for that to translate on Saturdays. Let me kind of ask a follow up about that. So like running the routes is one thing, but like a whole other portion of that, which I think um, you know, it happens a lot in the Gus Malzahn system specifically is figuring out how to be a good blocker at the wide receiver position. So like, um, you know, I, I just wonder, like you've, you've been watching Auburn football, like where do you feel like 
um, those guys need to be able to develop better skills with that sort of thing. Being able just yeah. like is is that for me? You know, I've always thought blocking is really just kind of like a mentality thing. Like no, either it's, you, you, you want to yeah, do it, or you don't. Yeah, it's definitely a mentality. And to be honest, like uh, we ran the ball so much, you ain't had no choice. I mean, we used to call right. ourselves extra linemen. Right. We'd be out there, be like, Coach, give us number seventy eight, seventy nine. We ain't throwing, <laughs> you know. So, right. so, right. so really, I think it is a mindset, but. Coming in, I didn't really myself, Devin, Mix, Ben, Courtney Taylor. We 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 were, you know, tough guys, but we weren't. We didn't have that mindset, and I think Coach Knox made it a point that you weren't going to play if you didn't get that mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. So so a lot of that came, like I said, from Coach Knox. Okay, look, fellas, it is what it is. You know, we're gonna run the ball. You're gonna get your opportunity to make a play, but. When we're running the ball, you better be physical. You're not playing, you know. And it wasn't no transfer portal. You couldn't call your mom and daddy and all that crap. You right, you right. was gonna block, and if you didn't block, you weren't gonna play. Right. And I think that's what really helped our our running backs. I mean, we had a lot of great legendary running backs, but but I feel like with the offensive line, the fullbacks, and the mentality that we had on the outside, that it was gonna make them that much better because we were blocking our butts off. You know, I rem- one of my favorite other favorite moments from that season was Cadillac breaking out for like an 80 yard touchdown. And you'll probably remember this and Jarris McIntyre running right beside him all the way to the end zone. Now, Lack won't admit it, but you were faster than him. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, what yeah. you mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, got, I got the clip. I got the clip still, you know, so so I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He know that, too. So if he come on here, y'all can replay it and he'll I'll text him right now and tell him, you know, hopefully Harshon keep him on, keeps him on because we do need him. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, yeah. We need to keep Lack. Hopefully they keep him on. But I text him early. I'll text him again. So if he's going to get on this show. Y'all ask him that same question. I will. Okay. Uh, yeah, because you definitely outran him down the field on that touchdown. Uh, he, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, he had the train in front of him. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. A lot of what I hear you saying is is that while there is some responsibility on the receiver, whoever we hire a wide receiver coach is going to be super important because you've, you've, you've talked, you've reiterated that you guys had a coach in Coach Knox who instilled a mindset, right? And you weren't going to be soft. Right. You know, and this is what you had to do to get on the field and the names that you named. Now, I, I've said that you I, I thought you were one of the more underrated receivers we had. But let me tell you, that was collectively one of the best wide receiver cores we ever had at Auburn. Y'all, y'all, yeah. y'all were y'all were some beasts out there, man. Oh, like, my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that people, whole crew was underrated. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, I, and yeah. I feel me, too. And I feel like it comes to and not to rehash. We always talk about we and we ain't throw that much. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we cherish the moments that we had. But we know if we were in an offense in today's offense, myself, you know, I got drafted. Courtney Taylor got drafted. Devin Aromashu got drafted. Ben Obamanu got drafted. And Anthony Mix was a free agent. Right. Who right. was who was able to, uh, you know, hang around a little bit in the, in the league, as well as Silas Daniels. Silas. So, Silas. You know, Silas. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, with all us, like, like, and, and I think Coach had that luxury of, Jairus, you're the senior. You're going to show these young boys what I've been telling you the last two, three years, that you know, to Ronnie right. Daniels and Tim Carter and those other Clifton Robinson and those guys. But I mean, if I didn't block, <laughs> I was going to the bench. If, if, right. if Mix didn't block, if Ben didn't block, if Devin didn't block, you were going to the bench. And, and it was no if ands and buts. It just is what it is. So I just feel like having that depth and having everybody, you know, buy into that mindset, it made us really, really good. And now, now we wish we would have caught, you know, more passes. And I think I figure, you know, that's why we're underrated because we made the plays when we could. 
But I mean, you know, skies would have been the limit if we touched it even more. At the end of the day, man, we won a lot of games. We're still super close to this day. And we'll laugh about it here and there, how we had to block and coach had us trying to chop block and all kind of crap. So <laughs> so it was it was it was pretty interesting, but it was fun. It was fun and we cherished all the moments. Well, I really appreciate you uh, uh, joining us today uh, for our chat. Um, you know, there's a lot of buzz around the program right now because we're bringing in a new system. We've had one coach for eight years, and now a lot of us as fans are expecting to see something completely different. And wide receiver is one of those positions that, you know, we've had some good receivers come through, but the production has been underwhelming, right? So, right. you know, uh, hiring the right coach, instilling the right mindset, and then the players taking it upon themselves to develop the chemistry that you talked about is how we're going to see a better product on the field on Saturdays. Um, but you are a developer of young minds now and young players. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, being head coach at Tampa Catholic? I know that's your alma mater, right? That's where you went to high school. Yeah, yeah, that's my alma mater, man. We, right. uh, I'm enjoying it up until this point. Got got some got some really good players, some good kids that that are you know with the right mindset. I'm trying to instill that mindset in them. You know, the same way that I had with with Coach Knox and other coaches that I played for. So. Um, it's been interesting. It's been fun. It's been, you know, hard at times just learning, you know, learning on the fly. But I got a good staff around me and some guys who got some potential. So I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm just trying to help them continue to develop and be great young men. And maybe, you know, send, some, send a couple more up to Auburn. Hopefully. I was going to say, hopefully, yeah, hopefully yeah, yeah. you got them in the yeah, pipeline because we need yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, you already know. I got, a, I got one with an Auburn offer now. I mean, I got a couple other Auburn potential guys, but... You know, I let them. I let them pick and choose what they want to do and for what's sure. best for them. Yeah. Um, I've had you know a lot of guys sign these last three years, so I, I I let them do what they do. But you know, I'm always looking at that orange and blue man, trying to get his back right. For sure, for sure. I'm, I'm, let me ask you one more question before we get out of here, just on that same tip about recruiting. Like, does the the news of Brian Harson being the new coach there? What, what does that do for a recruit's mind? Like if you, you know, if Jarris McIntyre is coming out of high school right now and he hears Auburn just hired Coach Harson, like what, what, what would that do for you as a wide receiver thinking about the potential in this system? Thank you for listening to the War Report podcast. As we continue to grow, we're asking our community for help. So if you would like to support us, please visit the About section on our YouTube channel. You can also find the link on our Facebook page. We appreciate your support and War Eagle. To be honest, I ain't never heard of Harson. So, so <laughs> listen, so join, join, join the club. Join the club. So I would have been like, I'd be like, hold up now. I would have went straight to YouTube. For sure. You know, <laughs> Which figure out, all go straight, all straight to Google. Yeah. How many, how many, your leading receiver, how many catches did he have last year? You know, your second receiver, what did he have? But he you had know, a couple thousand yard receivers in his system. Yeah, so year. if I see that, and knowing that, you know, he he's a, a you know, he, from, from what I hear, great, hard-nosed coach, um, won a lot of games at Boise, and I'm looking and say, okay, well, let's sit down and talk, and then kind of get a feel for who you're going to have as your receiver coach, what are your plans for me, and things of that nature. So I think it may, you know, take them a little bit of time to kind of, for, for the kids to kind of, get a feel for it but I know um you know we, we should be in good hands because he's been successful at Boise and and I think that you know he'll be able to bring it to the south getting the right guys in there uh, in the building to help him out but um from what I see and what I know of him being an offensive guy as a receiver I would I would be happy to be able to sit down and talk and get a feel for okay 
are we going to do? And from what I've seen, from what I looked up, I mean, he looks like he's going to be legitimate. They're going to throw it around and run it as well. So we'll have a really good balanced offense. You know, I got one more question before we get out of here, uh, because it has been a thing with our commenters. And I just want, you know, you're, you're a guy who's played in a lot of different systems and you coach it and you've done it at the next level, Jarris. Um, we, we, when we on upon film study, it, uh, it was apparent to us that he runs a lot of pro style concepts. A lot of our listeners have come in and said he runs a multiple offense. It's a multiple offense. And I'm not going to lie. At first I was like, what is that? And then it looks like it's just a bunch of different sets. It's a, you know, can you have you, can you explain the multiple offense to us? It's funny you say that because when people ask me, what kind of offense do you run? I say I run a four receiver set. I could be with a tight end and a fullback. I could be with two tight ends and a running back. Mm-hmm, right. I could be with five receivers. So um, from what I've seen with him, he has multiple sets. So I don't know if that's pro style. Because at the end of the day, what is pro style? Is right. pro style a tight end with two backs and two receivers? Because when I watch the Chiefs sometimes, they have five receivers and they're Mahomes is rolling right, throwing it behind his back to the left. So is that pro style now? Is that college style? So I feel like um, our new head coach is a multiple set kind of guy with different formations Mm -hmm. with some pro style concepts. Right, right. So he has, yeah, so he has pro style concepts, but I don't think it's pro style because he'll still throw in, you know, some read option. Right. He'll still throw in some other stuff that, that a lot of colleges still do. But at the same time, he'll line up under the center with the fullback and a tailback and hand it to the tailback like like you know they were doing with Bo Jackson. Yeah, back in the I, I formation type stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so how I was yeah. explaining it is just the difference between a pro set, which is you know a personnel package, versus the concepts that they're going to be running for route trees and what the quarterback's being asked to do pre snap, you know, at the line of scrimmage and then post snap reading coverages. That's pro style. Yes, a pro set. Yes, yes, yes. I know, and that's when, when you break it down like that. It is. It's kind of like it's almost like an open-ended question because you could say, "Yeah, he's a pro style," but then you look at some of the concepts and you're like, "Well, that's not pro style." Right. But then right. you go back and look and be like, "Okay, well, this play was a pro style set." Set. You know, the quarterback is reading, seeing if it's cover four, cover two. They're making adjustments off the coverage. You're not looking right. to the sideline for a play. They're right. looking back. So, like that is pro style. So, from what I've seen. He is doing some pro style stuff, but he still has some college football concepts. But he is doing some pro style stuff, so I don't know which which one is which. He's just a multiple set, in my opinion, a multiple set kind of guy, which I think those are the best offenses because you don't know if you're going to get spread or you don't know if you're going to get 21 personnel. We're going to be running power right down your throat. So um, it should be fun, man. I'm excited to see. Um, you know, Gus did some great things for us over the years but you know got a new guy in so i'm excited to see what he can do well jaris thank you for coming on to spend some time with us uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to kind of help us educate our listeners uh we are the war rapport on youtube please click like and subscribe we'll be gonna, we're going to be bringing you guys more interviews like this from former players to help us you know break down and analyze you know what we're going to be seeing on the field next year the war rapport on twitter and instagram tw rapport on tiktok gentlemen as always war eagle War Eagle. Thank y'all.